pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 177 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan and with me, like every week, is the Bin Sherman of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. As we talk about a big week of MMA with Paddy Pimblett just fought last week uh, at Cage Warriors. We had Tito and Chuck being announced. Nick Diaz is on the comeback trail apparently and we have UFC 228 coming up next week which we're going to talk about uh, a lot. But Graham, how are you? How was your weekend? Dublin, All-Ireland champions, are you delighted? Yeah, I actually didn't see it but uh, yeah, um better than losing i suppose but uh it's like the fourth or fifth sport that people in dublin care about Ian. is it that? yeah i think so what are the other ones above it um uh, well, fo- fo- soccer rugby uh obviously much much more ahead even things like i think pub games like darts and pool people are more interested <laughs> in them De- rugby definitely isn't anyway not a fucking hole or rugby's way bigger soccer mm. is indeed or not maybe to you when you're south side fucking I'm going full fucking talking brawls here now because I have no idea. But yeah, you're, maybe you're Southside fucking Pasha's. I don't know, but not not everywhere. I don't think in Dublin. Uh, I don't know. I think I think most of yeah, maybe I'm, it's hard to it's hard to tell. But I I don't think I don't think maybe years. I think years ago it was it was more uh, like ten or twenty years ago it was more popular. But I think I think kids growing up these days aren't really watching GA, they're watching soccer, they're watching rugby, they're watching they're watching golf even ahead of GA. No. Way more people in Ireland watch GA than anything else. Bullshit. I don't think so. It's a fucking fact. Look at the look at the fucking numbers. So you think more people watch GA football than soccer? Of course. In Ireland, in Ireland of course, yeah. Way more. Well maybe no. not like over the course no of a way. year, but the top numbers, definitely. Oh well like it's hard to get streams for amateur sports, so maybe that's it. But I think more people are watching <laughs> it's free to area. Why would you need streams most against me? But anyway. You're you're not a fucking curmudgeon. Dublin win the all this is what this is what it is now. <laughs> they like win it every, they win it every yeah, year, you know. It it's normal. Like if they Look, lost maybe something to talk about. We can just bask in the glory anyway of being all Ireland champions, the two of us for the next year, so it's great. Even though you don't care, you can just still bask in the glory anyway. So there you yeah. go. I'm I'm as people can probably hear my voice, I'm still fucking Dying, I had a hard three days of it there. I was out for my my friend's party. I was out with my friends, uh, Robin, Sabina, and Audrey there at the weekend, and their their boyfriends as well. So we had a, we had a, we had a bit of crack, and I was I met you. We met him yeah, last uh, last Thursday for a bit of a chinwag, Pete and Andrew and stuff. So it was a bit of crack, wasn't it, and Patrick? So how are you? How are you after meeting my beautiful face again for the for the first time in about three months? <laughs> yeah, it was a scarring experience, but uh, I think I'm over it now. Yeah, yeah. So any more crack? How was your weekend? Other than that, what were you at? Fucking whining and dining, I suppose, are you? Like always. Um, yeah, you know, same old, same old. You're very quiet. You're very... I'm, I'm, I came on here and I was like, Graham, my voice is fucked. I'm still hungover. You need to talk. Yeah, and you've just been exactly. saying nothing. Like, you've just been saying nothing. You're going to talk quiet. Like. <laughs> yeah, if you ask me MMA-related questions, then I'll give you a better answer. Okay, I'll ask you an MMA-related question. So, who do you think is the strongest MMA fighter ever? Ooh, in terms of just lifting or yeah in terms of just like absolute strength <sighs> maybe Brock at his, in his heyday when he's a jacked up white boy maybe yeah but well, well Pudjanowski obviously is the, probably the answer to that or someone of those strong oh well when he's in MMA though yeah I suppose when he was in MMA at the start he was even bigger mm. and he kind of shrunk down a bit so yeah he'd obviously be the, the strongest back in the day yeah. and he'd probably still be the strongest now even though he's been out of the game a long time but and Brock would run him close I think well probably not run no, him close in a strongman know. competition but yeah, no, Putinesky actually definitely the right the, yeah, the right call there. Is, yeah. All right, let, that was that was random, but let's get into uh, let's get into a bit of MMA here. What do we start with first, Graham? What you think? Cage Warriors last week? Or yeah, you, I think okay. I think Cage Warriors. Yeah. What was your thoughts on Paddy Pimblett? I know you were watching live and watched a bit of the the thing. What were your thoughts on that fight? Um, he looked great in the first round, and then he seemed to gas out. I thought uh, uh, striking just didn't look great um, after the first round. It just kind of fell apart for him, didn't it? Uh, back just kind of started taking over. Paddy was been taken down easily. He was. He just looked tired. I thought he looked. I thought he looked tired after the first round, and, and it, it seemed inevitable that he was that he was going to lose uh, uh, from from like the second half of the second round onwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. 
It was one of those fights where I think a lot of things maybe changed. You know, he, his last loss to Nadna Aramani and, and his fight against Julian Rosa. I think we kind of, we, we didn't write them off, but we kind of, we discussed them and like, this is a young fighter, up and coming, improving fighter. And he definitely is still that, but it's kind of happened too many times now and with too much of a gap in between them to kind of write it off anymore. You know, this is, <clears throat> this is where people who say, oh, the hype isn't real are, are you know, getting kind of a point because... It, <clears throat> the hype is only real if you continue to improve, if you continue to win, if you can uh, continue to become the great fighter people think you can become. And I like I still think Paddy Pimblett can become a great fighter, and I I definitely think he was a great prospect a, a while back, and he's still a great prospect. But you have to c- continue to prove that as well, you know. And I think that's Paddy Pimblett's greatest problem. He hasn't improved significantly obviously little things have improved in his ground game i still think it is very good but he has not his striking has not improved significantly he's he looks like a fish up a tree striking still like it looks so bad his defense is he just gets struck so much and I, like we discussed the last week and we talked about sarm back being a good fighter and a good ground fighter and stuff like that but i don't think anyone would call sarm back a world-class striker or anything like that and paddy pimblet made him look like that and that's just the honest truth of it here and i i could come on here and like a bullshit and say oh yeah, you know look like a world-class no player. but he made he made him look like he made him look like a far superior so he made him look like a, a striker who could hit anyone like he was just you know, there was, wasn't many of them getting past his head. And that's just the reality of it. Like, he took so many shots of Sarnback for the last four rounds there. And, you know, it, it, I, I'm sure Paddy Pimblett's very disappointed himself. And, you know, I'm sure his fans are very disappointed as well. Uh, what, like, I suppose what, we can get into what happens in the future and stuff. But, the, the, you know, the fight itself, as you said, started off very well in the first round. Looked like he had him choked out. And, like, fair play to Sarnback. I know we probably talk about a lot about Paddy Pimblett, but Sarnback. That that choke looked like it was it was pe- yeah you know, it was waiting for the cop basically mm-hmm. watching it yeah and like that's the sort of thing I was talking to a couple of people about it and they're like Paddy Pimblet you know maybe he could have arched his back and put a bit into it but he didn't do too much wrong you know it's just Sarnback is just gritted through it you know relaxed he's he's fucking carotid artery or whatever he needs to fucking relax to to get out of it it was just it was kind of a miraculous sort of a thing and maybe that you know got to paddy a bit mentally maybe he he said to himself how am i gonna beat this guy and then got a bit tired put it maybe a bit put too much into it but from that point on really it was all starting back i know the commentary was and a lot of people are giving him stick for the second round saying that paddy might have won it and stuff i don't think that was true at all and you know you you can get carried away a little bit so fair enough but they they called it you know pretty well for the rest of the fight anyway if if that was a draw i think it would have been it would have been a robbery you know two three four and five were were pretty pretty down the line the two was definitely the closest but the rest you know definitely weren't and there there was an argument for a 10-8 and the third and definitely the fifth i thought the third was i thought i'd score to the 10-9 the, the the fifth was was relatively close to the 10-8 as well but it was it was pretty much uh it, the decision itself I, I didn't hear i was an online during live was it was it met well um yeah i think so yeah i think most people were were kind of ridiculing the commentators for saying oh this could be a draw uh, who's gonna win all this stuff at the end they were just like what uh, <laughs> what's going on and i think a lot of people didn't score the first round of 10-8 even though it was a very near choke mm-hmm. um i thought it was did a, you it's a damage and impact thing though in the actual rules isn't it yeah does it actually do any damage if you escape or a negative uh, but it's not it's not that it's damage and dominance so if it's you know, if what what are the three Ds? Damage, dominance, and duration. So did he have the, if he has damage, dominance, and duration f- for a round, it's a ten eight. If he has only two of those things, you can think about it being a ten eight. So did he have uh the duration of dominant and dominance together? He did, didn't he? So you can definitely call that a ten eight. That's that's how it works. So Yeah, you can you know you can call it a ten eight, but is it a ten eight is kinda you know, there's a lot of rounds where maybe guys dominate but it isn't a ten eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it has to, it's a hard one. Like it, it didn't matter in the end, I don't think, because of my scorecard anyway, but yeah, to be honest, I do think it was a 10-8, to be honest. I th- you know, as I said, the, the dominance uh, and the duration. But look, in the end, I, I suppose it didn't really matter. Uh, I was, you know, maybe if Paddy had pulled out, like, the fifth round or something, then people would have been calling the robbery after it. But he didn't, and, and it was, you know, it, it was just enough. But 
what, what, like, what do you think? Do you think I'm going overboard and saying this is is a worrying sign for someone like this? You know, a lot of people say, no, he's only 23 and everything, but I think it it's more to do with your experience level than anything else. And I know Paddy isn't the most experienced person in the world, but people are talking about him, and you know, we must discuss him in the fashion of this huge prospect of you know, Cage Warriors. Uh, he could have been a two-way Cage Warriors champion. Uh, you know, at, at the weekend, he has five and six, seven years of amateurs and, and pro experience behind him and this is the type this is the time where you're expecting him to kick on isn't it and to become that world-class fighter if he's going to get there and become you know a top 30 ufc fighter now and then in a year's time a top 20 and then a top 10 and you know up there if you if people think he's going in that direction isn't that the case yeah well you like to see even when guys are young like this you like to see noticeable improvements and i don't think we saw that in this fight mm-hmm. Uh, well, he kind of like in the first round, he looked really good, and it looked like for like it looked like Sarum back was about to tap, and it would have been a very different story if he had went out there and completely dominated and rear naked choked Sarum back in the first round. It would have been, oh wow, that, he looks he looks great at lightweight. The narrative would have been completely different. But yeah, the cardio thing is it a diet thing like it was before? Who knows what what it is? Is it a a lack of dedication. I don't. I don't know what it is. Maybe. Maybe he just got tired because he he gassed his arm out, arms out when he thought he had that rear naked choke. Uh, I haven't really heard from. I don't think Paddy said anything since they didn't. They didn't interview him afterwards. So it'd be interesting to see uh, why he thinks that uh, he got so tired, uh, or if he even thinks he got tired. Yeah, it's it's always one of those things after fights like this. Like, oh, what can the fighters change? And I suppose it's almost impossible for us to say like oh is his cardio bad or is he you know was he choking the lad out and he just kind of gassed himself out a little bit was it an, an off night or whatever it was and then there's obviously the, the thing as well should he be moving to train somewhere else you know I, I, they obviously have a great camp over there in Liverpool and everything but you know if he wants to become that next world level type of guy should he be moving like I, I think Conor McGregor has given people false hope to be honest that you can do it from home and you can do it without other world class guys alongside you and I'm no disrespect to any of these guys I'm sure they're, they're very good guys and maybe you know maybe there's one or two who could become world class but is there you know have you the likes of ATT with you like have you the likes of, of Jackson's gym and we, you know we'll talk about them probably a little bit later on but you know have you the, the likes of the guys that Joe Duffy has over and with Vera Sahabi and other guys like that like who else apart from Conor McGregor has been able to do that? Like, very, okay, because that's Steve Emmett, but who are very, very few. Most of the good guys. Look at most of the champions now. Like, look at Tyron Woodley. That's what he did. Uh, he went uh, and, and did it. You know, even guys who are kind of on their own in their own gyms, they bring guys in. They bring really good guys or they have these, you know, these trainers that are really good. Like, McGregor's really the only one who's kind of done it with his own guys and not brought in guys. And maybe, you know, people are looking at, at that and getting false up. Like, and I'm not saying you know leave your gym never go back like i think guys can do it like paddy where he can go away you know go go to places get addition training get improvements and go back and do you know the, the end of your camp in your own gym or whatever or do you know go for a few months and i know he's done that he's gone to new york and stuff like that but you know and it's not just the paddy pimblet thing to be honest it's it's like a whole you know irish english all those type of fighter guys fighters like i think you can just uh, you know, McGregor did it with Iceland as well. You know, he went over and he trained with Gunnels, and you can you can speak about it. And other guys have done, it, but like I, I really think that is something that has kind of changed a while ago. You know, before we used to be a place where you know, like like the likes of Bad Pig and stuff, where you have to leave to get better. And, and things like that, and, you know, it was kind of, that was just decided on, I think it's kind of changed around a little bit, but, do, do you agree with that, or am I totally wrong? Mm, I don't know, it's hard to know, because I think Paul Rimmer wasn't in, Paddy, uh, his coach wasn't in his, in yeah. his corner for this fight, he was called into, or he was brought into hospital, and that might have had an effect as well, like a stressful situation where somebody who's like a, a lot of these coaches, I don't know what the what the relationship between Paddy Pimblett and Paul Rimmer is, but a lot of them are like father figures to them. Um, they spend a lot of time together. They, they trust in them, and it might have thrown them off not having them there. That could be another possibility. Or maybe we're just, these are just excuses that, that, that aren't that aren't relevant and that he went out there and gassed himself out or didn't have enough cardio going in or didn't take him seriously enough. It's hard to know when he hasn't spoken, and nobody seemed to really spoken about it. But uh, if you're going to be in a five-round fight, and you're you're tired by the second round. Maybe something went wrong there. Maybe he's just not good enough. Maybe, maybe Could be, he's not. but it's a t- it's, it's it's he got tired earlier than he has in previous three round and five round fights, which would be 
maybe it is just a rear naked choke. Maybe he he put a lot of effort into that and he burned his arms out. Like I don't do jujitsu, but when I I've done a little bit of jujitsu, and when you do go for a a guillotine or something like a rear naked choke, and you don't get it, and you put your arms into it, your arms can be can be knackered. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was it. Yeah, but maybe he. But, but like you know, <laughs> back is is a good fighter, and he 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 toughed that rear naked choke out. Like it wasn't as if. It wasn't as if Paddy just fucked it up. Like, you know, it looked locked in. It looked like he was about to tap. It looked like his, his face was was going red or it looked like he looked like he was about to pass out. But uh, fair play to him. And he turned it around and he, he had a good game plan after that as well. And he, he pushed Paddy back. And um, I think I think he, he was probably surprised at how much Paddy was willing to exchange. But then when Paddy did go for takedowns when he was tired, they, they weren't great. And he kind of ended up having to pull guard or ended up on bottom. Mm-hmm. And Sarnback just did a good job of just winning the rounds and, even though the commentators didn't seem to think he'd he'd won the second round, I thought he won the second round, even though it was close. And then the third, fourth, and fifth, I thought he he won pretty clearly as well. Mm-hmm. But my point there about his saying like maybe he's just not good enough, you know, maybe Sarn Back is a better fighter than him, you know. And I I think yeah, like maybe. sometimes we we struggle to say things like that because it sounds nasty or it sounds bad. But it's it's an I truly don't mean I like I hope Paddy Pimblet goes out and improves and becomes a world champion. Like, I would like not more than to see that. But maybe that's not not everyone can be that. Like not everyone can be that. Not everyone can be a great fighter. And you know we've seen it before. People have you know like the likes of Roger Huerta and, and other guys. You know they've they've got a lot of support behind them. So and even like Sage Narcott maybe we, well, no, we'll see with him and Paige Van Zandt and and, and uh, other pe- loads of other people. They've got big support behind them. You know people think. They're, they're going to be the best fighter in the world and it you know it just it just doesn't happen you know i i do it as well sometimes with fighters you know benil darius i thought he was going to be a world champion and he's kind of not, he's falling back you know it can happen but i think that that should be something you know if there are problems where paddy Pimblett isn't doing all he can do maybe people saying that to him will be the thing that drives him on you know <clears throat> you can live with yourself if you're if you're given a hundred percent and you know and you just can't make it. But if you're not, and and you still can't make it, I think that's the biggest problem. And I I, I suppose we'll see with Paddy Pimblet over the next while. You know, I suppose is a problem as well. That is he too? You know, did he get too much too soon? You know, we've talked about that before with with Irish fighters as well, and that could be a problem going forward with him. Like, is he getting? You know, does Paddy Pimblet think he's kind of already made it where he's with Ash but Cage Warriors because he's filling out big arenas and he's getting paid a lot of money? Do you think that could be a problem as well? Um, it could be. I don't think it was it's really hard to know like because I think he, maybe before uh, his his fight with Julian Arosa maybe that was the case and that kind of should have given him a wake up call but didn't because a lot of people were telling him he won that fight and yeah. all that stuff but then the second loss or the, the first loss to Nadine Armani I think everybody was pretty uh, nobody was saying oh Paddy won that fight they, they were saying and he said he was gonna you know rededicate and diet and all that stuff but who knows if he did like it's easy to say all that stuff but it's harder to break a habit like if you're in the habit of, of doing that stuff and as you say if you're the kind of the, the big dog in the in the area and everybody's saying how great you are and stuff maybe maybe so much time passed between that and Armani and that that he he kind of forgot a little bit of the lessons he he should have learned from there but it's really hard to know because when you when you go all out for a choke and you think you have it there could be an adrenaline dump there on top of tired arms and all that stuff and um, I, I, I think I think he has a lot of work to do on his striking and, and he shouldn't be as willing to strike as he is but maybe that was because he was so tired and he knew he couldn't get the takedown and didn't want to end up on the bottom because at the end of the fight, he ended up on the bottom. He ended up mounted, and I think he was mounted, was he, and eating shots. Yeah. So he he didn't want to end up like that. Maybe he thought if he could catch himself a breather, and then kind of let his arms recover, and then kind of get a takedown, he might be able to get the finish there. Maybe that was the plan. It never materialized. But I'd like, I I'm I'm very interested to hear what Paddy says when it, when he when he comes out and and speaks. Yeah, me too. And uh, last thing, and I just uh, we need to mention again, Sarnback, you know, was, he went into the, the Lions' Den there and, you know, took Paddy Pimble on, was almost finished, came back and won, as you mentioned there. The, it was a, you know, it was a good performance for him. I talked about it last week, you know, that, that body lock and, and trip that Paddy Pimble always gets guys down with. And Sarnback has been taken down in the past. You know, he got him down with it once, but he didn't get him down with it anymore. And he did a good job of, of staying on the feet. He did a good job of, of landing those shots that, you know, that need to be landed without getting taken down or anything like that and, and dominating. So fair play to, you know, to Sarnback. And I'm sure, you know, 
No, he said Dana White w- w- wants to give him a call, and I, I don't think that'll be happening. But I think he'd be a good champion for Cage Warriors uh, over the next while, and you know, t- some interesting uh, fights coming up for him. Anything else on the on the card? I didn't get to see the rest of it, but I'm told Jack Grant was really good. Do you see that, or, or anything else on this card that was stood out? No, I actually didn't see anything by the main event. Ah, fuck's sake! You're some casual. You're worse than me. At least I had an excuse. <laughs> I was on the beer, but there you go. All right, let's let's move on. So on the to... beer's an excuse. Now he's got some legitimate excuses for everything. <laughs> he's got an excuse for everything in life. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's move on to UFC two two eight, which is coming up uh, this weekend with two two title fights slated to go down as Tarn Woodley takes on Liverpool's own Darren Till. It's a big couple of weeks for Liverpool, and Nico Montagno defends her women's flyweight title for the first time against Valentina uh, Shevchenko. Let's talk about that one first, the co-main event, before we get we get into the main event. I was watching some uh, uh, Nico Montagno fights this morning just to kind of re-remember, because it's good. Yeah, remind me, it's a long time since uh, she's fought, or, and I've, I've even watched any of her stuff. She has absolutely no chance here against Valentina Shevchenko, does she? Well, it's MMA, and there's always a chance. But yeah, I I, I think this is definitely Shevchenko's fight to lose. Uh, the merit of victories are a real bad mistake, I think, for for Shevchenko. <laughs> is Montagna's merit of victory or something crazy happening? Mm-hmm. But it's MMA, and you never know. And shit can happen. You can get hit with a big punch, or you can you can slip and get your back back to anything can happen. But yeah, I definitely wouldn't be putting any money near Montagna at, at pretty much any odds. Yeah, I, I was watching the Roxanne Metaferi fight, and you know Roxanne is she's improved an awful lot, and and she, you know she's a good fighter, but she is not world title Valentina Shevchenko level. And she looked faster than Montano. She wasn't as accurate as Montano or anything like that. And that's kind of how she won. Montano won when she pushed her up against the fence. But Montano's striking in that looked very juvenile. Not very good at all. And she's coming in here against Valentina Shevchenko. You know, up there is one of the top five or six pound for pound women in the world. An absolutely fantastic fighter. You know, can do it all. Montano has, has a good clinch. And her takedowns and stuff are not bad when she gets on top. But Shevchenko has a fantastic clinch as well. Very good takedown defense. You know, she's just going to be so much faster and, and tighter with her striking and better technically with her striking i really there isn't much to say about this fight you know this is going to be valentina shevchenko winning easily i think a victory here for montano would be going five rounds to be honest i think if she did that it'd be way more than i expected i think shevchenko is going to bounce her out of here pretty easily in in three or four rounds to be honest and i think we're going to have a new women's flyweight champion do, do you agree yeah i think so i think I think Montagna is kind of lucky to have this belt. Not lucky, but it's other people's kind of fuck-ups, missing weight before the tough finale and, you know... I think okay, that's yeah. hard. I think she, I think um, Eubanks would have actually beaten her, and I think Sajara Eubanks, yeah, would, she would have been a tougher matchup for Shevchenko as well. I still pick Shevchenko, but I think Eubanks is a good wrestler, and you can see a minute the victory for her, you know. But yeah, as you said, yeah, there isn't really one for Montagna, is there? Yeah, I don't. Uh, I hate to say no, but don't have a chance because it's MMA and everybody, everybody has a chance. But when your chance is, it's MMA. There's always a chance. That's not much of a chance. Yeah, one hundred percent. All right, let's get to the main event. So, and this 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 main event is very interesting. I was thinking about this this morning, like, <clears throat> and when we're when you're talking about Tarn Woodley always, and now Darren Till as well. It's you know we kind of get drawn into the Wonderboy fights a lot with him, and Wonderboy is this weird outlier that. I was trying to think in sports, where else would you see something like it, where you have to totally game plan differently and change your whole game up for this one outing in your career and every other fight then can be different. And, I, I, you know, I, I don't really think there is anything like it. Maybe like the playing the Man, Man Cities or Barcelona's, you know, where they have a kind of a different style, but that's becoming more regular. I think it's like, it's like test cricket where you play five days and then you have to change to play... 2020 which goes on which is 120 deliveries and where test cricket you can have like fucking 300 a day and then you five days of it I think it's like it's something like that it's just like a total change in what you do for this one outing and i'm saying that because when we look at darren till that is darren till's one big um you know he's one big obstacle or he's one big fight you know he said he's obviously beat Cerrone and a couple more guys but I think the one world-class guy he's fought has been Wonderboy and you look at Tyron Woodley then and he's fought a lot of world-class guys but I think the the fights and the two fights we look at are kind of the Wonderboy fights and coming into this you can kind of just write off those Wonderboy fights I think because it, this is going to be totally different 
And especially on Till's side, because from Woodley's side, okay, he went in there and he kind of did the same against Maya, although he had a hurt shoulder, and obviously the hurt shoulder coming in here could be a factor as well. You know, we saw it with Demetrius Johnson, the hurt shoulder, and we talked about it afterwards. I don't think it did him well in that fight with Cejudo, but in any case, Till, Till is the important one. Like, is Till going to fight that way against uh, Woodley where he's a little bit more cautious? Or is he going to go all out, darn Till, we know what he was before, push Tyron Woodley back, try to land his big left hand? You know, when Woodley comes off the cage, will he try to be faster than him in counter? Or will he, you know, will he, obviously he look, he look for Woodley's big hand, but will, you know, will he attack it? Will he try to dodge it and, and, and land as well? It's an interesting fight, isn't it? Like, what do you think about that? You know, are we, are people maybe taking the Wonderboy fights into this too much as we look forward to this fight? I actually haven't seen many people's breakdowns, but yeah, I think I think the Woodley the or the Woodley Wonderboy and the Wonderboy Till fights, as you say, t- Wonderboy is not like anybody else. He's, his mm-hmm. style is different and he's so dangerous as well that, that you kind of, it's smart to fight to fight the way Woodley fought against him and it's smart to, to fight the way the way Wonder or the way uh, Till fought against him as well, but I think Woodley had the better game plan. I thought Woodley came closer or did beat uh Wonderboy at least once there. So um yeah, I think common opponents is a good thing, but MMA math, like, you know, it doesn't it usually doesn't work. Like styles make fights and as you say, it's an outlier style and just because you know, Nate Diaz against Connor is is a bad star matchup for Connor, but like some other guy, some other people against Nate Diaz is a, is a really nice matchup for them. It's just it's just styles make fights and um I'm really going back and forth. And I really don't know what's going to happen in this one. I really don't know. Yeah, me too. Like, watching the Cerrone fight as well, the, the Cerrone versus Till fight, like, Till, Till has kind of two ways of fighting. He's like, attack, all out attack, and push the pace. And then he's pushed the pace and counter, which he did a lot against Cerrone. And he got taken down once because of that and pushed up against the Finns a couple of times as well. Like, that's that's an interesting thing as well because Tyron Woodley is kind of a different fighter as well because how do you game plan for Tyron Woodley? Like, what's Tyron Woodley going to do? You know, we saw Woodley come out and attack and knock out Robbie Lawler. And we've seen Tyron Woodley come out and wrestle and bring guys down and, you know, beat him up from the ground. And we see Tyron Woodley wait and try to counter. Yeah. So, you know... Maybe a good game plan against him is to not fight your normal game because he's so good at game planning against people's normal game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that that kind of plays into that point as well. What is Darren Till's normal game? You know, is it you know is it the Wonder Boy kind of game where he's throwing a lot less shots and kind of waiting? And he did that a little bit against Cerrone as well. Or is it you know that push forward game where he's you know he's going to come in and knock you? Out? I think that's why this fight is so is so difficult to call because we don't know how they're going to fight. You know, we these guys can fight fight all different ways. Like look. Like, would you be surprised, let's say, if Darren Till is attacking and Tyron Woodley comes in and hits him with an overhand right and knocks him out? I wouldn't, no. Would you be, well, surprised? be, a, little, be a little bit surprised? A little but... bit surprised. But, you know, that's a, a viable outcome. Like, would you be surprised if Darren Till was coming in, Tyron Woodley goes in underneath, takes him down and lays on top of him? Not really. You know, would you be surprised if Darren Till... If he did it for five rounds, I'd be a bit surprised. Yeah, but yeah, you know, but if this is something that constantly happens, like, if, would you be surprised if, if Darren Till, you know, comes in... T- Stuffs the Tyron Woodley takedown, hits him with a big left hand. Would you be surprised if he, you know, if he countered and hit him with a left hand? Would you be surprised if he attacked him with a big left hand? These are, you know, none of these things are, are going to be surprising. Like, yeah, there's a lot of matter of the victories yeah, for both guys. Exactly. It's like the complete opposite of, of the... of the Shoshenko fight. Of the Shoshenko <laughs> fight, exactly. So I'm finding it, you know, I'm finding it very hard to call. I, I, I was saying that a couple of weeks ago, whenever we were kind of talking about when someone asked this question, I, I said I was going to pick Teal, and I'm, I'm still not 100%, but... I just, the one thing, I think I'd pick Tyron Woodley here 100% if it wasn't coming off that shoulder surgery. I know my, I have a fucking shit shoulder, I know myself, and coming back from it, you're looking at the Demetrius Johnson <clears throat> fight, the shoulders are a fucking tough one, especially when you have the power of him. You know, guys have talked about it in the past, you know, even Joseph Parker, the boxer there, and other loads of boxers, loads of MMA fighters have talked about shoulder surgery, and it's a big, big, big issue, especially when you're kind of a power guy like uh, like Tyron Woodley as well. And I think I am picking Tyron Woodley because I think he's so smart, he can change up and I think he'll know that I think Tyron Woodley is one of the most maybe not outside of the cage but inside of the cage I think he's the most honest fighter in the world and I think he will be honest with himself if that shoulder isn't 100% and he'll go in there and take Darren Till down and I think he can take Darren Till down I think I he'd t- take this fight though if, we, if his shoulder wasn't right <laughs> yeah he, that's true as well yeah that is true as well but either way you know I think he I think he'd take this fight if he knows he can win this fight if you know what I mean I think he is one of those guys uh, but that Still doesn't set a rule till out. Like you know, I'm really on the fence. Like till hits with a lot of power. If he can get that forward motion, you know, like watching a couple of Wonderboy fights and and not because of the style, but because of 
where Wonderboy was, and I think everyone was frustrated watching that, like, why isn't Wonderboy throwing more, you know, there were a lot more opportunities for him to throw, and I know that's his style and everything, but imagine if Teal gets in that position where Woodley is doing the same, you know, he's waiting for that counter, he's waiting to counter with the shot, and waiting to counter with the takedown, what if Till can get in that position, but land more shots, and land bigger shots, I think Till hits harder than Wonderboy, you know, Wonderboy's probably a little bit more accurate, a little bit more clever, but he'll Till hits very, very hard, I think if he can get in that position, he can definitely beat Woodley, but... I'm just leaning Woodley, but I'm so, so, so torn. I think I'm leading, leaning Till. I, for some reason, I, I, I like, it's just a feeling. I, I, I really don't know. Like, when I try to break it down, I can see, as you say, so many methods of victory, different ways, and so many different ways it can go. And I think Woodley's game planning has been a huge part of his, his title reign, and he shows a lot of respect for his opponents in the past. And I think he'll do the same for, for Darren Till. But... Darren Till's overcome adversity before. I think he broke his arm or he dislocated his shoulder in the Dalby fight and mm-hmm. ended up losing the third round 10-8, but he's toughed it out and, you know, he, he kept his flawless, his zero on his, zero losses on his record when he easily could have, easily could have lost that fight and maybe another fighter would have, would have lost that fight or would have, would have been TKO due to injury, but he didn't. So he, he's shown himself to be tough and overcome adversity and, Woodley's proven himself over the years to be very tough as well, and it's a it's a really good fight um, that could turn into a really bad. It's a really interesting fight that could turn into a really bad fight. Mm-hmm. Um, it could, I yeah. Really, I, really, I, really I really don't know what's going to happen here. Uh, I think I, th- I, I, I think Till's going to do it. I think the, the timeout is going to affect, and I think the 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 youth as well. I think. Mm, I really don't know. I just have a feeling. I just have a feeling Till's going to do it. Yeah. It is one of those fights like that. I usually, when I think about fights, and we've, we've spoken about this three or four times in the podcast now, I've thought about it a lot. I usually can see a method where I think it will go, and that, you know, it's not always right, but, you know... The, you can see a couple of methods maybe where it goes this one it could go as you say it could be a really boring fight I think it could be an exciting fight I think it could be a quick knockout I think it could be a domination over five rounds it really could be anything I like where I have gotten to in the end I think is Woodley taking him down and beating him there I I think it'll I think uh, you know I think it'll be a five round decision win for for Tyron Woodley but I I I could be a hundred percent wrong I'm not sure but uh, we've talked about the fight a good bit now what what do you think about this thing of apparently Cameron Usman is is kind of putting his name in the hat if Till m- m- misses weight and Till missed weight the last time yeah Woodley has said that he will not fight someone on a day's notice if Till makes weight which is I think is 100% fair enough you know a totally different fighter what, what do you think about that like I don't someone was asking us a while back about putting guys on, on the waiting list and stuff I don't like that at all I think it makes I don't think it makes any sense what do you think Mm, um, for the fighters, it makes plenty of sense for the, you know the fans and the, the the fucking UFC and everything. But for the fighters themselves, like going from Till to Usman, especially, it's totally different, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it's it's good to have the option there, I suppose, for the fighter. But yeah, I, I can understand in in some situations, like if fighters are known for pulling out or for pulling out of fights. But Till, even though he's missed weight twice, he's always made the fights, hasn't he? He's never actually missed a fight. Yeah. Mm, yeah, it's, it's it's a strange one for Usman getting ready for a fight that he, in his head, he probably knows is very unlikely to happen, mm-hmm. which, which is which is a strange situation to be in, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and if if he was to get into the fight, would he be the same as if as if, or would he be the same fighter and the same attitude and the same kind of mental? Would he be in the same mental place that he that he should be, mm-hmm. or the same place mentally that he should be when he's the day before somebody weighs in and or doesn't weigh in and he's in the fight. Mm, it's, it's a strange one, but I suppose UFC and Endeavor or WMING now, now called Endeavor have had a lot of pullouts and a lot of, a lot of this happens where they're, they're, they're trying to rectify it. Uh, they're, or they're trying to have a, a backup plan there. But if Woodley's saying he's not going to take the fight, then I don't like, they should have really talked to Woodley first. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think he's the type of guy you probably wouldn't talk to. <laughs> you just do it in their position. You know, we've seen it before. However shitty that is, but there you go. Other than that, in this card, it's you know this is a pretty pretty strong card. We've to beat Megamed Sharapov coming back as well. He's obviously supposed to fight uh, your boy Yair Rodriguez, but he had to pull out with injuries. Fighting Brandon Davis, so looking forward to seeing that. Um, Jessica Andrade versus Karina Kovalkiewicz, very very good fight. I'm really looking forward to seeing that one. You know that could that could be the next uh, women's strawweight contender there, or one coming down the line at least. And 
you, you know, could say the same. Well, maybe not the same, but another good fight as well. Carla Sparza versus Tatiana Suarez. Aljamain Sterling, Cody Stman, and uh, Jimmy Rivera versus John Dodson. Two fantastic bantamweight fights. Diego Sanchez is back here against Craig White. Jim Miller against Alex White. A lot of good fights in this. Anything from that you you want to pick out and talk about that, that you're looking forward to, especially? Um... <sighs> Obviously, uh, Zabit is, is always very good to watch. Uh, he's a very inter- interesting fighter, a bit of a different style and a, and a good prospect. It's always good to see him. Uh, Karolina Kovacavich against Jessica Andrade, obviously, is, is a really good women's fighter as well. Jessica Andrade has looked a lot better since dropping the straw weight. And not just to drop the straw weight, but her, her skills seem to, seem to have uh, improved a lot. Uh, your boy, Diego Sanchez, obviously, uh, I love him. <laughs> against Craig White. I've been seeing how Craig White does there. It's kind of a a must win against uh, Diego Sanchez. Uh, even his biggest fan in in you would probably admit that he's that he's over the hill uh, a long time now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it's a big night for Team Sheehan. You know, with Zabit on the card, with with Diego yeah. Sanchez on the card. That, yeah. Go on. That Cody Staman Stam- Alderman Sterling fight could be an interesting one as well. Yeah, Cody Staman. You know, he's we know. I think we know about Aljo. He's one of those guys. You know, that keeps improving. I think. You know his chin might be a bit of a, an issue, but like, look at look at Cody Saman's last two fights. Tom Ducournois, another member of Team She, and you know, and Brian Caraway, who has been, you know, look really good uh, recently. So Cody Saman coming in here, what is he, seventeen, eighteen, and one or something like that? This guy's a really good record. Andrew Sterling's a really, really good fighter as well. This is a high, high level fight. You know, and one that maybe we didn't hear too much about uh, coming into it. You know, Andrew Sterling's coming off that really good win again against as against Brett Johns, who I know you're a, a big fan of, and he came back from that. And, Obviously, that big KO need lost to, to Marlon Marais uh, in December last year, so it's almost a full year uh, since that. But yeah, that's this is you know this is a kind of a card where you know this they're giving a lot here for the for the hardcores, aren't they? You know, there's a lot of good fights that we kind of want to see on this card. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely um, maybe like if if a casual fan is looking at it, they're like, oh, just the main event, but. People who are excited about the beat, and even even people like, uh, down, down the card, like the, the Aljamain starting fight, John Dodson, people like that, are always exciting. Uh, maybe Diego Sanchez would be a bit bigger a draw than to, to casual true. fans and a lot of them as well though. Uh, Jim true. Miller, Jim Miller as well. So there there is a few things there for for the kind of casual fans who dip in and out over the years. Yeah, that is one hundred percent true. Uh, all right, let's let's move on before we get to the to the questions, and we've we've got a few questions this week, especially from from Patreon. Actually, sign up over on Patreon as well, patreon.com forward slash Severe Podcast. We put up a great one last week about like the origins of Severe MMA. We went went on like forty minutes talking about where we came from and what we think of of MMA media and all of this locally. And I think it was really, I, I, a lot of people, everyone I've talked about it has really enjoyed it. And I think it was one of the best. Ones. Sign up there; it's co- it'll cost you a fiver, and you can get. I think there's two hundred other posts and podcasts there already and we'll have a shitload more so it'll cost you a fiver for a month it's just the start of the month now so you might as well do it and uh put a put a reminder on your phone to cancel it for the end of the month and if you get there and you still want to cancel it then cancel it and if you don't hold on to it and pay us another fiver next month we'll have another shitload of stuff so head on over there and do that <coughs> right graham tito ortiz versus chuck liddell for november 24th i believe <sighs> what, are, what are your thoughts on this uh, <laughs> that's my thoughts as well I feel the exact same way I, uh, I just hope it doesn't happen somehow something oh, I don't know yeah I'll probably end up watching though that's the fucking of course because we're, we're fucking degenerates of course we'll end up watching we're, we're the reason they put these fights on even though well we probably won't be able to watch it on our TVs we'll probably have to to fly over to America or, or find some other some other way of watching yeah. it yeah uh... Dave and Buster's in uh, Kansas City yeah yeah Mike Chandler might pop in though, so you know. Mike pop in, yeah. It's right. Rampage, yeah. Rampage. It's not Mike Chandler, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Said no one ever. Playing skeet ball inside the corner with a with a fucking pint of Coors Light. But yeah, um, yeah. Look, this fight is nobody wants to see it happening. It's it's a money grab. Chuck Liddell seems to have. <sighs> he got sacked by the UFC, or they let him go, or whatever, from that that job he was doing, which he seemed to be happy enough doing. Mm. And was I it actually a job, or was he just being paid to be? He, he was just being paid to be there. But I think he's done enough to deserve to be paid to be there from this fucking yeah. multi-million dollar corporation who can fucking afford to pay everyone to do that. Like, but yeah, yeah. it was it was. I a think, I think in fairness, I, I don't know, I don't know this, but I think in fairness to Dana, I think he had the intention of of when he when he asked Chuck to retire, he had the intention of giving him the job, and of course, yeah. and things things changed, or he gave him the job and things changed, and Dana's not in charge anymore. Or his his power is is less, uh, and maybe WMEING obviously spent four over four billion on the company, and they're looking to to 
they're looking to make money off their investment. So it's a tough situation, I'm sure. Um, I think Dana and Chuck have been friends for years, so I don't think it was a. I don't think Dana would have would have been happy with the situation. And um, Chuck, like, like what was it like eight or ten years ago? He was so chinny that he, he couldn't take a shot from a one armed Rich Franklin who mm-hmm. has historically had no knockout power. Yeah, that is you know it is very true. This is like this is uh, and if people don't know, it's Oscar De La Hoya, the boxing promoter, former world champion, Olympic gold medalist boxer, is, is going to be promoting this fight. And you know it's difficult to know what to say about it because like this fight should not be happening. Okay, TRT, I think TRT is still fighting is fine. You know he was fighting until not long ago. You know he beat Chael Sonnen, who's you know still not totally over the hill. He had fought for a Bellator title what a year or two ago or something like that. That's fine, fair enough. But putting him in there against Chuck Liddell, a guy as you said who was getting knocked out for fun, is in his fifties. This is just wrong. Like I blame the California State Athletic Commission as well for for allowing this to go ahead for commissioning this. This should not be commissioned. This fight should not be going on. You know, I think it's an absolute disgrace. You know, what what's didn't, they, didn't they approve Dana White for a boxing match with Tito though? Yeah, or was that Vegas? Was that California? Oh, maybe it was. Oh, I think it was Vegas. Actually, yeah. yeah, but like what? But they're like you know. Yeah, like are interested in in money as well. Like and rather than <laughs> these these kind of guidelines are only there for when it when it suits them and they don't want somebody to fight that's a big problem as well like that is a big problem because you know you and we talked about from Edward and mcgregor as well i don't think that should have ever been commissioned like with that dan henderson versus uh daniel cormier i don't think that should have been commissioned either you know the, the, the points they were in their career you know there's, there's a few fights but like yeah i definitely agree with that but like the, the, my point about Oscar De La Hoya as well is like what's he getting into this for he's getting into this you know to make money okay fair enough they're all into it for into it for that but like has he any long-term play here? Like, who's going to be on the undercard? Is this just kind of a one-off? Like, I'm very interested to see what it, what it actually is. Like, I can't think he has any good intentions. I can't think he's going to want to build anything good. Like, I feel like he he looked at what Bellator did with the likes of Ken Shamrock and Heist Gracie and, you know, Kimbo and Dada and stuff and said, oh, I can make a quick buck off of that. And, and he'll put on these disgraceful fights that shouldn't be happening to do that. Like, do you think that's what's going to happen as well? Yeah, just the whole thing is, it's just, it's just sad, like, um, when, when, when Dana White couldn't, like, Chuck Liddell was the biggest star in the company, even when he was getting knocked out at the end there, and Dana was like, I don't want to make any more money off this, Uh, please retire, I'll give you this job, like, that says a lot, I think, I know he's a friend of him, but he's, Dana's friends with a few other fighters, and he's never gone that far, Mm -hmm. Um, especially with a really big draw in the company, and, It, I think that says a lot about where Chuck was, and uh, he hasn't been training for the last eight years, and yeah. the game changes so quickly. And Tito, okay, isn't isn't exactly an up and comer. He definitely isn't, but he's been fighting regularly enough uh, against difficult guys. You know, he choked out, choked out. Uh, who did he choke out again? Chael. He choked out somebody in Bellator uh, as well. Um, What's the name again? Yeah, the, the Russian dude. Um, I can't believe I've forgotten this. Me too. Um, Whatever, anyway, uh, fuck, that's annoying. Um, oh, God, what's his name? That's so annoying. People are going to be screaming at the, at the I, I look it up the there. Computers. I look it up there. You keep talking. <laughs> yeah, it's so annoying. Please look it up. Um, yeah, I know he was undersized compared to Tito, but that was a really good performance from Tito there. Um, obviously, the the Ryan, Ryan Bader like is a very good fighter as well. I know that was that was a long time ago, but that was a long time after Chuck retired from the Oras kind of forced into retirement by Dana and the UFC. Um, I, just, I just hope that the fight doesn't happen. Or if it does happen, I just uh, hope nothing really, really bad happens at the end of it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really ever think like that in an MMA fight, but there's a slight bit of worry in my in my mind about this one. Yeah, make, uh, make Tito Ortiz versus Alexander Shlomenko too instead. That's what they should do. Oh, Shlomenko. <laughs> That's what they should do. But yeah, I agree with everything said there. But, you know, kind of along the same lines as that. And, we, you know, we could talk about Oscar De La Haya having bad ideas and all. Uh, but BJ Penn versus Ryan Hall is also a thing the UFC are believed to looking at reported by ESPN's own Ariel Hawani this week. 
which to me is almost worse. And I know that, you know, okay, you could you can look at Ryan Hall and BJ Pin and say, okay, he maybe, you know, Ryan Hall's not the, the biggest knockout artist or anything like that. But this is a young killer. Like Ryan I, I don't know what what's the crack have you heard what's the crack with Ryan Hall why he hasn't fought in so long, but I think Ryan Hall yeah, I think he's a top top prospect. He's obviously very good on the ground and you'd expect him to take, you know, BJ Pin down and choke him out and stuff like that. And I know BJ Pin's really good on the ground as well, black belt legit and all, but uh, like this is this is so I, I don't know why BJ Pin is still fighting like and I don't know why he's fighting someone as good as Ryan Hall. Like I really, really think Ryan Hall could be a world class fighter, you know, and maybe at least he's out, at least yeah. he's not there with some like yeah, Rodriguez, he's gonna kick That's him in the head real hard and you know, in there, Nick Diaz, who's way bigger than him, and you know, just some of the matchups BJ Penn has had. I know it's because BJ Penn believes in himself and wants these big matchups. And mm-hmm. you know, he got, when he fought Frank Yeager the third time as well. I think Dana, he apparently Dana said apparently, or Dana said that he got onto him and was like, "Who do I need to fight to get in position to to get my get that win against or get that them losses against uh, Frank Yeager back?" And Dana was like, "Well, you can just you can just fight Frank Yeager straight away." Yeah. Obviously, BJ Penn's going to take that. Mm-hmm. So the uh, fighters are always believing themselves, and if they don't believe in themselves, then they really got you. Really got to retire. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, my problem is, I think Ryan Hall was improving on defeat the last time we saw him. You know, and that's that's two years ago. If he's still improving on defeat like that, I think he, like that's the saddest thing about it. I think Ryan Hall could probably knock BJ Penn out badly here. That and that's the issue I think is going to happen. I think he's going to get. I think he's going to beat defeat by a jujitsu guy, and that's going to be. So sad, like that is. I don't know. I think I think BJ's striking is good enough, and he has a bit of a jab, and so he has a bit of boxing. I think he could, I think he can, if, as long as he's not tired, especially in the first round. I think he'll 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 win on the feet. I think. I don't think so. I think obviously his jiu is jiu really good. Back in the day, he was the first non-American to to win like whatever it was, some big jiu-jitsu tournament, uh, black belt tournament, and, and he'd only been training jiu-jitsu for three or four years at the time, and he was a, he was a phenom like and mm-hmm. he, but that's so so long ago and even at the best of times bj wasn't the the, the best man. even when he was on top and coming up even he wasn't the best man or he was known for kind of not being in training or not taking it seriously enough or always training with his brother where he can call the shots and he can stop when he wants and all that stuff um and there's all these memes and jokes about motivated bj pan and all that stuff but mm, I think even if he is fully motivated and puts in the work, I think it's just the game is it moves on so quickly. Um, I, I can see methods of victory here for BJ Penn, but it's not as bad as, as some of the matchups he's had uh, recently. But yeah, a couple of the recent matchups have been sad to watch. Mm-hmm. And one of those recent matchups is another guy who's coming back, Nick Diaz. He was he was cleared of, of uh, charges this week. With, I believe there are domestic uh, violence charges, so he was cleared in before. It didn't get the court or anything, so it was, it was basically thrown out, and he said that he's looking forward to making his comeback now. And now we won't spend too much about this because we've talked about Nick Diaz so many times, and you know whether he ever comes back or not, I don't know. Like I suppose the two questions are, will he ever come back, and if he does, against two... Like, I think the Anderson Silva rematch makes a bit of sense. You know, and I know it wasn't the best fight in the world, but it was a funny fight the first time it happened. I think if they did it again, it would, you know, it would make uh, a bit of sense. What do you think? Do you think that's a good fight? Or do you think he will come back ever? Um, I think he'll come back. Yeah, I think he'll come back. But I don't really want to see the Anderson rematch that much either. Um, if they put it on, I'd uh, like I'd obviously watch it and it would probably be a good fight again. But... It wasn't that good a fight the first time either. Um, I think there's better matchups for Diaz. I think he can he can create much more drama and hype with somebody different than Anderson. Anderson doesn't really buy into any. You can say what you want about Anderson, unless uh, the Chael thing where he started talking about his family and stuff. I think he got a bit it got a bit under his under his skin. But besides that, mm-hmm. I don't think Diaz is going to do that. I think even though people people might think Diaz is disrespectful, I think he has a line that he doesn't cross and he, he respects certain things and I think he wouldn't he wouldn't go at Anderson that way. So I think you put in you put Diaz in a fight where he's he's going to have a bit of back and forth and hype the fight massively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe then if he's going to welterweight, maybe the winner of this Cerrone-Mike Perry fight coming up would, would be a good one. You know, I know both of those guys would probably have a bit of a back and forth with him. I think it'd be good fights with both of them. At middleweight, there isn't really many that people, you know, that I can think of offhand anyway. Maybe there is. A, can you think of anyone or any Anyone else at welterweight who would be uh, who'd be a good matchup for for uh, Nick Diaz on his comeback here? I'm, I'm just looking at the rankings here. I don't know. There doesn't seem to be anyone kind of anyone kind of sticking out to me. Israel Adesanya. There you go. What about that? Um, yeah, I'd watch that definitely. Yeah, there's there's 
see Diaz is going to want a big money fight. He's yeah, going to look at his brother. He's going to look at his brother and look. At, he's all even before that. He, he always was looking for for the money. He's like, pay me properly. You know, I'll, I'll wait. And he's waited a long time and a long time here and he, he's been out partying and he's kind of had his fun you, you'd think and maybe he is ready to get back in there but I don't see him just taking any old matchup or uh, taking a matchup that's really bad for him that's true, um, that's true. yeah yeah. so interesting times Ed. Yeah, we, I suppose we'll see over the next uh, couple of months where that goes alright let's get into the questions first offer on Patreon Andy Stevenson uh, what does Paddy need to do to, to evolve his stand up should he be looking for coaching outside of Liverpool for a while Yeah, that, we, we kind of talked about that earlier on you know we're not coaches we're not going to say what he needs to do to improve his stand up but it, it's I think it's pretty clear that it's it's not improving it could use help it could maybe just lo- use a different look you know something could something could change or maybe maybe it'll never improve you know maybe he's reached his level maybe that's it and you know that that's a reality too for some people maybe it's not reality for him but maybe it is the reality for him so you know I, I suppose we, we'll see after a while Johnny Byrne I uh, haven't done this in a while uh, ball predictions for the week slight chance slash no chance okay here we go slight chance no chance Paddy Pimblett headlines a UFC card in Liverpool in the future slight chance slight chance I'd say yeah Daniel Cormier defends his lightweight belt against Alexander Gustafsson at UFC 230 in MSG mm, slight chance I'd say yeah yeah. Uh, Justin Gaethje fights for UFC belt before his career ends Slight chance Slight as well, chance. I suppose, yeah. Nick Diaz, next fight is a rematch against Anderson Silva. Oh, there you go. He he, he fucked it up. Right? <laughs> yeah, I said there's a slight chance of that. Uh, Logan Paul, KSI 2, do to, two does more pay-per-view buys than UFC 230 and UFC 232 combined. Yeah, I'd say definitely that. Because they did, like, what, 800,000 last time? What, the two of them will hardly get 400,000 each. They're not a McGregor fight, mm, so... Yeah, high yeah. chance, yeah. Yeah. And neither, either Neil Siri, Ashing Daly, Carl Pendred, or Pally Hoolan fights in MMA again. Ooh. There's definitely a What's slide. Pendred, Siri, and who? Ashing Daly, Pally Hoolan. Well, Daly and Hoolan can't fight, because they're... Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't think any of them will actually. To Either do I. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a slight chance, but I don't think it's a. I don't think there's a good chance. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm gonna Strangely say enough, like because I'm usually very skeptical. You are. Yeah. It's the Irish on you're a fucking Irish MMA shield. So there you go. But like, if you actually think about them one by one, like it's. Yeah. Mm, I think it's very unlikely. Yeah. Like one of the first people like, well, I actually ever believed a bit of retirement was Pendred just because. Just because I know him, and uh, I just it wasn't it wasn't one of these retirements that you, you usually see where. Where guys just kind of ret- retire out of the blue, and he always seemed to have other things to do as well. You know, where a lot of MMA fighters just MMA and nothing else. You know, he always seemed to have a guy exactly, that was, yeah. you know acting and the business and everything. All right, Dalton Stickney. Despite a massive side difference between Till and the Tyron, they actually have the same exact reach with Woodley having the power advantage. Do you think Woodley takes Till down, or do you think Woodley's game plan keeps it on the feet? Obviously, a mix is the best, but we rarely see that these days. I, yeah, I think it's it's hard to know. You know, we talked about it for so so much. You know, he can do both. And I think that you know, I think that's the the interesting thing about this fight. For me, I think he does take him down. I I think Woodley does try to take Till down because I think that's the smartest game plan, and I really think that's uh, that's what what Woodley is. He's just a smart fighter. Uh, Kieran Sherman thoughts on the Cowboy Jackson Wink situation. Yeah, I, I don't know. Do you hear? I listened to the, to the Joe Rogan podcast where Cowboy Cerrone was on it, and he criticised uh, Mike Winklejohn especially. Uh, he's kind of left the Jackson Winklejohn John Jim then. Um, you know, he said that. They're best to be coming a puppy mill where it's all young guys now, and you know the experienced guys are kind of being forgotten just to make money out of out of young guys, which is you know I think that happens in gyms uh, kind of all over. Winklejohn kind of came out then and said that you know um, Donald Cerrone has left. He started kind of his own gym. He he was here maybe for a few sparrings a year, and he really wasn't part of the gym. You know I I think they're kind of both right in their own on both their own ways with. It, it's just weird. Like, Jackson Winklejohn gym has definitely changed. You know, this used to be a gym who had, you know, Rashad Evans, John Jones, you know, <laughs> Andre Arlovsky, uh, you know, some of the some of the best fighters in the world, GSP, Carlos Condit. And now, you know, uh, some of those guys gone over the hill and some of them are just, you know, just gone. So, you know, it, it's Cowboy's definitely right in what he says, but I think Jackson Winkle's probably, you know, are probably right as well in what they say. So, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely an interesting situation, but... It's one of those that happens in a Yeah, I'd like, to hear what, I'd like to hear what Wink, what Coach Wink has to say as well. I know he doesn't really do much media and doesn't really say much, but... Uh, he said, yeah, he, he came out and said that it was kind of, you know, Cerrone isn't really part of the gym anymore and things like that, but yeah, what, what can he say, I suppose? 
Uh, Andy, oh, yeah. Yeah, Andy Stevenson, what's the crack with ACB? The Robert Whiteford situation sounds pathetic. Yeah, we we talked about this on on the on the Patreon podcast this week. What what do you think, Graham? Like it, they're kind of in a weird situation where their backer is kind of. They're trying to buy themselves time while yeah. they they try to get a new cash injection. But it sounds of things, but it's kind of it's pretty unfair on the fighters. It depends what it says in their contracts. Like some fighters do sign really stupid contracts a lot of the time, and it gives the promotion like all the power and. Uh, like some some promotions give you like maybe three fights or 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 a year and a half or, or two years or whatever whichever comes first, mm-hmm. but some don't. Some just say, "Oh, we have you for five fights," and they can drag that out as long as they want. And there's pretty much nothing you can do. You can breach the contract and hope they don't have the the money to fight you, but a lot of fighters can't afford to risk that. Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, uh, Bigger Nelson, uh, it seems obvious that the UFC hopes Darren Till becomes champion rather than Woodley, but how much of a concern is weight issues with Till? Uh, Woodley always makes weight. Yeah, I think it's an issue, uh, it might be an issue for this fight or whatever, but I, you said it there last week, uh, that it's or a couple of weeks ago, that maybe it's a good time to give Till the championship fight because you don't see think he'll be at welterweight for long, and I, I'd agree with that. So if you want to make a long-term welterweight champion, is Darren Till the right man for that? I don't think he probably is, but maybe you want to make a short-term welterweight champion who goes up and fights the middleweight champion and, and wins that title and then becomes a long-term middleweight champion. So maybe that's their case, but they, they don't really look to long-term as much, I think. But mm. I think short-term and Have long-term... Have any of the long-term champions really been that big draws? Like Anderson Silva, like you think he would have been a bigger draw than he was. GSP. Even John... John Jones, GSP, like GSP was, Fair he enough. was, but did it, what was it that he was winning all the time, or was it that the Canadians were, were really behind him and That's they're true. patriotic like the like the Irish were, and he was kind of their first superstar? Mm, I don't know if 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 it if it's like the UFC are thinking like that. I don't think they 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 just think about we'll get this fight together. This is how many pay per views we hope it'll do, and this is how much money I hope it'll make. They're not really thinking, oh, who can we put in place to be the champion for? years to come mm-hmm. that, yeah that's that's definitely true uh, Bigger Nelson as well asked about Till versus Cerrone and uh, Cerrone take him down yeah, I, I mentioned that earlier I think that is I really do think that is somewhere where Tyron Woodley will be targeting but I also think Till knows that you know and Till will be targeting his takedown defence as a big as a big area you know there's so many unknowns in this fight so yeah that, that's definitely one of them Andy Stevenson what's the crack with Ryan Curtis any sign of him fighting soon have you, have you heard anything about Ryan Ooh, Curtis yeah. um, I haven't heard um let me just go on topology just in case I missed it, but no, I haven't heard. It's kind of strange. Um, I saw. I see him. He was training signed there. Everybody, yeah. Signed everybody, or, or sorry, uh, Bellator signed everybody, but not Ryan Curtis. Um, I wonder. I wonder. Maybe Roddy wants to to be able to choose the fights for a little while. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like he was meant to fight. He was meant to fight. A few months after he lost, was it the end of the end of last year? Yeah, but he had to pull out with an injury, mm-hmm. so maybe the injury is still bugging him. I, I must get on to to people around the team and find out what's going on with yeah. him. Go over to Twitter there, Graham will text him and he let, he let, he let you know. But he was definitely training last week. I saw him with, with Dave Forward on Instagram training and stuff, so he's he's definitely around. It, but uh, I don't know what the crack is. Uh, yeah. William Dugdale, uh, who would you like to combat in UFC two to nine? Which combination can best cover McGregor fight? Cheers, guys. I'd like I definitely like to see Dominic Cruz, John Anik, and Joe Rogan. There you go. That's my three. Who would you like? Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think so. Um. Joe Rogan, though, like when when he's up for it, he's good. That's true. I he's think he's not be really up for anymore, is he? I don't know. Like, I hope he is. Like, but he, I don't think his interest is anywhere near. He has so many other things going on, like his podcast, and it's probably making him a lot more money and a lot less hassle uh, flying around the place. And he's basically you're in a circus when you when you work with UFC. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Adam Luke Thomas recently said that once Conor McGregor is done, that there won't be very many jobs in Irish MMA. Can you please discuss it briefly? Was there many jobs in Irish MMA anyway? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> we so. created the jobs, and the jobs are unpaid jobs. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll disappear off the face of the earth, and that will happen. So. Yeah, no, I don't. like I was covered MMA before I even knew who Conor McGregor was. So is like, am I going to disappear because Conor McGregor disappears? Even though I was there before Conor McGregor, um, probably not. So yeah, no, I don't think so. Uh, Andy Stevenson, what are your thoughts on Jack Grant? Seven wins inside seventeen months, and back to uh, 
from back to since back to back KO losses. How high is he ceiling? I haven't watched the fight yet, but I two people actually said it to me that you need to watch this fight, and this guy is really really good. So I must definitely watch that, and maybe ask that question again next week when I have time to, to watch the fight. Uh, Andy Stevenson, who would you match Joe McCulgan with in his uh, Cage Warriors 155 pound uh, division? Paddy Pimblett, maybe. You know that that fight has been talked about a lot, and I know yeah. it's probably a bad matchup for Paddy Pimblett because of Joe McCulgan such a good striker. But maybe Paddy Pimblett can take he can take Joe McCulgan down and choke him out or whatever. So. You know, I think that's a good yeah, matchup. I think there'd be a good back and forth between the two of them as well. And neither, neither of them is afraid to say what they think or afraid to point out kind of things about their opponent. So it could it could end up being a big fight as well. The, the Irish versus or the Dublin crowd or the Irish crowd always gets behind them and the Scouts crowd always gets behind Paddy. So I could see that being a big fight. But Joe McCoggan's been kind of away and people forget very quickly. So maybe... Maybe you want to get Paddy a win first and you want to get Joe back in there and get him a win first as well. Mm-hmm. And last one then from Patreon. We have one or two from, from Twitter and answer the rest of them over on Patreon. Uh, Sean Dini asks, where would you place um, Joanne Calderwood amongst current flyweights? I see she's ranked number 11 at the moment, but I think she's, she should probably be higher than that. You know, when you have the likes of Caitlin Chukagan, Roxanne Modafferi, Alexis Davis in the top five and six, I don't think she's notably worse than any of them. But a lot of them are kind of similar. You know, they pick up one win, one loss and... You know, we talked about Joanne Calderwood a lot last week. You know, she's not the best fighter in the world, but you know, when she's good, she can be good. But yeah, I, I it's it, that flyweight division is still kind of, and it was the same with the hundred fifteen pound division when it came at at start. You know, it took takes a good two years for them to kind of even themselves out and realize where people actually are. So there you go. Um, the Nickel Day Q and A is back. Let's answer a cuties from uh, our I, boy. Call, I called him out about it. it and did, he's back. It did. Yeah, all him back. It did. He's as bad as Allison for gun shit. I don't know. I was just trying to get an Allison joke in there on account. Um, what do what do you think of Allison? Actually, he's some bad, wouldn't he? <sighs> Uh, what is he doing um there's just no need it's like it doesn't even benefit if you do get around you can just play the same pass that you could have played before you did the Cruyff turn he waited um, he waited for Inacho to come like that was so yeah. weird it was like that was pure carrier shit like it was embarrassing yeah well like in fairness to him he like you know there was a noticeable like when when Mignolet made a mistake or when Carriers made a mistake it was noticeable that basically their head has fallen off for the rest of the game mm-hmm. but Allison, he just seemed to oh, okay I'll move on mm-hmm. which is the goalkeeper it's all about confidence like and he, they passed the ball straight back to him and he was able to just you know do his normal thing and when crosses came in he wasn't he wasn't like oh I'm not coming for this in case I make another mistake he you know he he, he seen it didn't seem to affect him like it, it seemed to affect the uh, Minelay and Carrius in the past yeah all right this uh true or false Darren Till wins UFC belts in two divisions in the UFC false mm, false well could yeah, do false. but I don't think it uh Woodley versus Till goes to a decision oh false I think I'm gonna say, yeah. Fuck it, I don't know. I think Woodley could take him down and lay on him for five rounds, but I think Till might get tired. As a, I know I said earlier I think Woodley would win by decision, but <sighs> oh, I don't know. I'm gonna say true. Um, Shevchenko okay. will, Shevchenko will win the first round. Hmm, I'm gonna say false. I'm gonna say true. Really? Okay. Yeah, I say true. I'm gonna say round three. Uh, Yari Rodriguez's next fight will be Zabit. False, I think. I, I don't think that'll happen again. They put it together twice now, and it's kind of not panned out. I think they'll move on. I don't think maybe yeah, it'll happen, not, but not next. Next fight? No, I don't. I think it's unlikely next fight. Yeah. And the last question, Graham, is it our year? Who's this? Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah. Um, in the provincials. Yeah. No, I think it's Man City still. I, I think people get carried away very quickly in in a few games. Uh, it's a very long season and. Um, I'd love it to be. Uh, I love it to be just uh, because Man United fans care so much about the, the provincials, but uh, I don't think so. I don't you, think so. You could stop calling it the provincials in, acting like you don't care about it, couldn't you? That'd be great. Well, Liverpool have won it eighteen times, so you know it's not as if it's not as if I'm pretending. Twenty times, twenty times, Man United playing football the Fergie way. Okay, uh, last two questions here, Mister Podge. Given Paddy's form, would the Lochnan fight? Would Lochnan be favoured to win if they fought? I think he probably would. Yeah. What do you think, P- Paddy Pimblett? Bryn Lochnan, who'd be favourite? I think after that, I, I think uh, I think Brendan will be favoured. I think when it was first touted, I think 
I think it would have been the other way. I think uh, Pimlet would have been favourite, but now I think I think yeah, Brendan would be favourite in agree. the bookies. I agree. Last question here, and as I said, I'll answer the rest of them over on Patreon. It'll probably be out uh, Wednesday at this stage, Wednesday morning. What are your thoughts from Fraser? What are your thoughts on the lack of promotion for UFC 229? Has McGregor said no to media? What, yeah, what do you think about it? Is, is it a McGregor thing, or is it the UFC kind of just waiting? We're 34 days out now, I believe, and there really hasn't been a peep in the last couple of weeks, has there? It's, it's definitely an odd one. Yeah, um... I think it'll obviously ramp up, and I, I, I've kind of always thought that a lot of these, uh, a lot of these way far out press conferences are forgotten about by the time the fight actually comes around, and casual fans aren't paying attention to to the kind of buzz around a around a fight until way closer to the fight than a lot of these things happen. So I don't like as long as the promote the normal promotion is done in the in the three weeks beforehand or whatever then i think i think it'll be two or three weeks beforehand and i think it'll it'll people will forget about everything and they'll just uh, they'll, they'll run the promos and they'll, they'll do the press conference and they'll, they'll be there'll be massive promotion and hype behind it yeah that is true all right everybody thanks for for listening thanks for uh tuning in today i really appreciate you all i apologize for my hungover uh shitty voice and apologize for graham being just terrible at mma analysis and podcast <laughs> uh anything to say graham before we go um no <laughs> <laughs> Pedro, the call forward, to be my podcast. Yeah. yeah go on Thanks to everybody who actually, uh, everybody who signed up on Patreon and still supporting us. And uh, if, if you want more content or if you just want to support the site, just get on to Patreon or yeah. buy a t-shirt at severemma.com forward slash merchandise or, or even just like us on, uh, or, or uh, rate us on iTunes or wherever you, wherever you want, wherever you listen to the podcast and all that, all that stuff, share the podcast, just tell people tell people about it if you like it mm-hmm. or support us if you if you really like it shout out as well to David Hannon William Dugdale let me look here Andy um, Kieran, who all signed up this week Adam shout out to Adam who sent in a question fair play to you Adam hold on let me just run through a few more of these here Dara signed up this week thanks to Dara thanks to Nina Shea fair play to you Nina thanks to Colin Douglas uh, thanks to Stephen thanks to Rodney thanks to Jonathan Thanks to Laurie. Fair play to you, Laurie. We've, we've a lot more female viewers coming in recently. Fair play to them. Lucas, Ken, Garod. God bless you all. Dan, I think I'm going back into next week's now. So fair play to you all. Thanks for signing up. Uh, thanks There's to actually you. actually a couple of yeah. questions on, on Facebook. I just got a notification here. Somebody, uh, Finian, fin, yeah. Finian <laughs> yeah, go on. Uh, says, yeah, what's your MA background? What belt are you in BJJ? Is that me or both of us? I think it's you because you have the little avatar of... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> black belt i love doing that just annoy people yeah i'm i'm a black belt in mma yeah. <laughs> a black belt in ufc you know? black belt in ufc no black belt in bellator that's what i am <laughs> a ksw black belt KSW. i kind of actually am because i have the size for to be a ksw black belt fucking an animal do you know the strongest yeah. man in ireland only lives down the road for me and and the uk as well he won uk strongest man this year Oh, very good, very there good. Go. There's also one more question here from Alan O'Keefe. He says, "Do you have any info on when we might get Connor and can be in the same room, or even doing separate fight media, pre-fight media days?" Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like a hype. The one you talked about, I think, uh, I think I've seen a lot of people talking about about the lack of hype. But uh, I think once once the fight is 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 close, uh, Habib is is good at giving interviews. Connor's good at giving interviews. They're going to end up doing them. I think most likely they're going to end up doing split screen things, them kind of media or the the TV car washes as they call them, and there's going to be some absolute gold there. And then obviously the press conferences and the stare downs are going to be are going to be highly anticipated. So I don't, I don't think I've seen a lot of questions like that, uh, but I don't think people should be worried. I think this is going to be a massive, massive hype and massive fight. Well, I give Ali an email, see if we can get Habib on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it for the crack. We'll see. Imagine if we did. If we go, it'd be a bit of crack. But there you go. Anyway, you can all sign up for Patreon if we get it. That's where it'll be. So uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, and here comes the inspirational quote of the week: "Quitters never win, and winners never quit." We'll see you next Tuesday, or Monday, or maybe Sunday.